Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. I'm thrilled at the chance to get to interview my guest, Betsy Miller, today. Betsy is the author of The Parent's Guide to Clubfoot, the co-author of Hip Hop Hooray for Brooklyn, which is a children's book, and the upcoming Beyond Boots and Bar Journal for Clubfoot Parents. A little background on why I'm so excited to talk with Betsy is her book was my initial introduction to all things Clubfoot related after my daughter was diagnosed in utero. I purchased her book the day we found out and read literally the whole thing in one sitting once it arrived. I appreciated how detailed it was without being too intimidating or overwhelming for a parent who knew absolutely nothing about the diagnosis and even less about the treatment. So it made it digestible for me, who was a super anxious mom, and put it in relatable terms that felt approachable. So the Parent's Guide to Clubfoot is a major reference and an inspiration for my own book, Clubfoot Chronicles. And my copy is still currently super highlighted and tabbed to no end. So I'm excited to talk with Betsy today about her experience in the Clubfoot community and what she's working on for the future. So welcome, Betsy. Thanks for being here. Oh, thanks for me for inviting me and for all those lovely things you said. I'm, I'm glad my book was helpful to you. Um, and I'm happy to be here. Oh, well, I'm so happy to have you. And I think your book has been so helpful to so many Clubfoot parents. So I'm just so excited to talk with you today. So let's jump in with questions. I think you are the first guest that I've interviewed who is not a direct Clubfoot parent, but a major player in the Clubfoot community. So I kind of have to adjust my first question accordingly, because I usually ask about where your cutie is at this point in treatment. So let's start with, tell us about how you got involved in the Clubfoot world and what led you to write The Parent's Guide to Clubfoot. Oh, well, before I wrote The Parent's Guide to Clubfoot, I wrote The Parent's Guide to Hip Dysplasia because I actually have hip dysplasia. Uh, and I went looking for some information on it when I was maybe in my late 30s because I started getting some hip pain, even though I was treated as a child. And I ended up writing that book, which I really enjoyed doing. It was a departure for me because I was a technical writer up until that point. And I mainly wrote instructions for things like Wi-Fi routers or printing presses, just various um, really technical things, not things that were meant for, um, for parents. But yeah. I really liked working on it. And while I was working on that one, I interviewed a lot of parents, uh, doctors, orthotists. And one of the orthotists I had spoken to mentioned the clubfoot brace as an area where he thought that was something that was pretty hard for parents in many cases because it went on, the bracing went on a long time and, and sometimes it was difficult. So that kind of stuck in my mind and I started looking into the Clubfoot community, which is a wonderful community. And I joined a couple of groups. Um, there was one, No Surgery for Clubfoot, mm -hmm. that was run on Yahoo at that time through PIA, I believe. And I said, hey, I'm interested in possibly writing a book. Would it be okay if I join? Mm. And they said yes. And so I just, for a long time, I kind of lurked and 
you know, watch to see what people were um, talking about so I could kind of come up to speed. And it took, I'd say, about two years for me to, to write the finished manuscript mm-hmm. and to get it through medical reviews and then uh, have it published. And I'm really happy with how it turned out. So that's the story of how I got involved. Wow. That's, it's interesting to me because as a clubfoot parent who knew nothing about clubfoot and then using your book to learn about clubfoot, you're also somebody who didn't have a kid who had clubfoot, but knew nothing about clubfoot and ended up writing a book about it. Yes, that's true. And I think one advantage of coming in that way is that I'm not an MD, so my focus is not exclusively on the clinical side. Yeah. I really do empathize with parents and I I am a parent, although my kids are grown. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to incorporate really that sort of parent experience. And the way to get that is to listen to parents and find out what are the stressful things? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are confusing? And mm-hmm. um, kind of include that along with the medical part so that at least it's going to be accurate. Uh, because right. I'm not an MD, it was really important to me that I get a medical review to make mm-hmm. sure I wasn't accidentally putting in errors. So all of the doctors that were interviewed in my book, um, inter- they also reviewed it for medical accuracy and they mm. gave me the thumbs up. So that all happened before it got published. That's awesome. And I do think that that's what makes the book special for parents is because you did taken to the parent, like you looked at it through the lens of a parent and not through the lens of that, a medical doctor, right? So it didn't feel too medical, but gave you the relevant information that you needed to understand what it was going to be, but in a way that made it, like I said, relatable. So it didn't feel so over the top, like clinical that I couldn't connect with it was what I'm trying to say. Right. And I have to say that it wouldn't have been possible without all of the parents that were willing to share their experiences and and their mm. various stories. And some of them even let me use photos of their kids so you yeah. can see what they look like in different kinds of braces. And also some of the brace companies allowed me to use their photos so that mm-hmm. um, I could have a mix of different uh, yeah. types because generally the doctor chooses the type and then the parents might get a couple of different variations depending on what their doctor recommends as best for their individual child. Right. And I think that's what also made it approachable too, is the real photos of real, of actual things, right? And kids. At least it was super helpful for me. Yeah. (laughs) So did your role, did you feel like your role or experience changed in the clubfoot community after the book was available? Well, I felt like it was still kind of the same community. I mean, it was wonderful to be able to tell them, hey, here's a book. Why don't you take a look at it? See if you like it. See if it helps Mm -hmm. Um, versus asking them questions or bouncing small things off them as I had been doing for a while. But I think eventually what is nice is I've had over the years various um, people who come from the Clubfoot community talk to me about their projects. Um, In fact, the Brooklyn book, Hip Hop Array for Brooklyn, came from a request from Jill Harold, who was a clubfoot mom. Um, and she reached out to me with the idea of a book 
that would be based on her daughter with a female character. Um, we made bunnies and uh-huh. we worked on that for quite a while to develop it. And uh, I really like how that turned out too. But there are other moms that mostly the moms that have made picture books that are really wonderful. So you can kind of see how this is growing over time. And of course, your book mm-hmm. also, um, Clubfoot Chronicles, I think is a wonderful resource. And, uh, you know, from a different perspective, because it's more on a parent's mental journey, mm-hmm. although it also has a lot of tips in it. Um, I think you were really generous in the way you shared what was going on with you um, emotionally and mentally. Um, and at the same time, you kind of kept your child's privacy throughout that. So I was really impressed with it. And I love your book. Just to, mm-hmm. I know that's not why you invited me on, but I'm going to say, well, I'm here. <laughs> Well, I appreciate you saying that. And I do think your your book was really like a guide for how I wanted to for how I wanted it to feel, but also through my lens, which is definitely more emotional. And that part of it was such a big deal for me because for well, I mean. My, my background is a therapist. So like, I'm always in the emotions, right? Like my, my poor husband is like, okay, can we stop talking about this now? Um, but I think it was important for me to address that because I do think that some of the parents can really, it's such a long-term and such an emotional struggle. And I hope that I encapsulated that well and didn't share too much. I mean, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I really put a lot in there about what's what really what happened for me. So it was definitely putting myself in a more vulnerable situation than I had ever been in before. Yeah, well, I think it's disarming for parents because if having that sort of window into your experience will kind of, I think, resonate with many of them to say, oh, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. And that's the value of having those parent voices. And right. when you live it yourself, it's really different. Um, and that's why I included parents' voices in um, the Parents' Guide to Clubfoot and also why the Brooklyn book is um, informed by parent right. voices and that a lot of the idea, the yeah. central idea came from Jill. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. So what do you see as strengths in the clubfoot world right now as somebody who's like super knowledgeable, right? But not an actual like parent or medical person. I just really like how so many people are willing to help each other out. Mm. You see these wonderful groups that people form and over time, sometimes it kind of changes which groups are the most active because even though in the early years, clubfoot treatment is a really big part of your life. At some point, your child will not be wearing a brace anymore and they'll be doing other things and and you'll be doing other things. Um, By you, I mean pretty much all of the clubfoot parents. They mostly move along and then somebody else pops up and then they start another group or they take over the group. And then the next uh, group of parents have their own kind of uh, flavor to it. But I like that that keeps happening over time. I think it's, yeah. it's really valuable and um, very sort of positive about the world, you know, that people are willing to do that. Yeah, I do think I see that as a strength within the clubfoot community specifically, too. I do feel I really feel like clubfoot parents are really willing to 
share what their experiences are and give helpful tips and just be support. Like, and I think that that's been a unique experience for me um, coming from with my older girls, not having any, uh, you know, any developmental differences and to kind of go, oh, there's like this community that comes along with this that I had no, I was never even aware of or a part of before, but now it like, I'm like a part of something that I didn't realize was even there. So I do, I, I agree with you that I think it's really a supportive community. So as a, from an outsider looking in, I'm interested to hear what your perspective is on what you think the Clubfoot community can do to kind of grow and adapt. The reason I ask this question is I think about that from a parent's perspective a lot. Like I see from my experience, what I think can be done to kind of forward move clubfoot treatment and support. But it's interesting to hear somebody who's done so much research, but doesn't have the like parent goggles on or the doctor goggles on, right? Like, so you're not in any of those, in either of those categories, but you're like super knowledgeable. So I'm interested to hear if you think there's opportunities for growth within clubfoot community and treatment. And Well, I um, I don't know if I'm that knowledgeable about the intricacies of it, but I would say that I do like seeing the things that nonprofit organizations come up with. Mm -hmm. There are clinical ones that focus on treatment. And then there's, of course, um, the uh, Clubfoot Cares, which is more focused on the parent experience. Mm -hmm. And I think that having those kind of organizations that find their own niche and identify where things need to go and kind of advocate for that are very useful and powerful. And mm -hmm. also, as I said before, the various groups I mean, mm -hmm. they used to be on Yahoo and then they moved to Facebook. And I don't know what's going to come after Facebook, but it'll probably be something else. Yeah, you know, so it's right. going to be um, a different kind of platform that we don't know about yet or some other way that people will connect. But I think, um, you know, it's the world just changes a lot of things. It seems like things shift around. So mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to try to predict that just to say that I think it's, it's great when when people make things happen to try to drive improvements in both treatment and in uh, support for parents. Right. And for the kids. Yeah, right. I think it is important to think about how we can adapt with changing platforms. And, you know, it started with the no, no surgery for clubfoot started. And I remember speaking to a mom who was on that and was one of the members. And she was saying that like a lot of their archives and stuff were just erased because of Yahoo, because of the, um, because of the search engine and they just oh. lost a lot of their historical stuff. Mm -hmm. So the idea to think like at some point, everything that could eventually happen to other groups and even just the things that are faced on social media or the nonprofit groups, it's important to think about like, okay, how do we make sure that we adapt with what's coming? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So speaking of that, tell us about what you're working on now and how you got started with that project. Well, I'm currently working on a guided journal for parents called Beyond Boots and Bars. And I got the idea for that when a friend of mine who's a, a writer was working on a guided journal for wellness. And I was looking at it and I thought, you know, one nice thing about this is you can use this format to put short little sections to get people thinking about one aspect of being a clubfoot parent and of treatment at a time and give some room for people to write and journal their thoughts and kind of just to process things. And then also you can put in, well, I decided to put in a place where you can make appointments if you want to track that. So mm -hmm. it has some of the same information that's in the parent's guide to clubfoot, but not everybody wants to read a whole book. I mean, mm -hmm. you read it in one day, which kind of blows my mind. But I think I read people, it in like two hours. Like I think I literally <laughs> like inhaled it. it right. But yeah. for some people, a book is just too much. You right. know, if they've got a lot going on, it's kind of like, I don't want to read a whole book, but I can read a page, you know, yeah. and I wanted to keep it kind of light and where it can be. So I put in some games where you can like play a little game here and there and, mm. and just kind of um, have it handy if you're trying to remember something and if you want to jot down important dates, milestones, that sort of thing. So I'm working on that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm also doing a coloring book that has the same uh, bunnies and some new animals um, from um, Hip Hop Array from Brooklyn. Oh. And the coloring book has all kinds of active play ideas to kind of celebrate that um, movement that is the whole purpose of having treatment for clubfoot. And it also has some, some scenes of, you know, story time at bedtime when you're wearing the brace, but then mm -hmm. also you're out roller skating or playing with your friends. Mm -hmm. So I think it will be fun for the kids to color. And uh, we should be having that coming up uh, in 2022, both of those items through my small press thinking press. Um, I formed that press uh, with a couple other people, actually a few other people. And one of the things we like to do is niche projects that a larger publisher wouldn't really take on. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. uh, I think most Clubfoot resources would fall into that category. Yeah. Although the Parents Guide to Clubfoot is through a mainstream publisher, but mostly the ones that are, um, I don't know, smaller projects or picture books, you kind of have to do that independently Mm -hmm. uh, because the big publishers need to have a much wider audience if they're doing mm -hmm. something like a Disney princess book. It's, it's a really different kind of um, yes book. Right. It's a much yeah. broader audience. And I think that sounds awesome. The journal sounds amazing. And I'm oh, looking forward you. to um, having one of my own because it, and I also just think the reason that it excites me to hear about it is I think it will help parents figure out a way for them to tell their story. Like part of the reason that the book, my book was so, I mean, I wrote it because partially because it was cathartic for me to write. It was important for me to share just write down my own experience. And I think some parents don't know where to start with that. Like, I know I felt a lot of like, okay, well, what am I even going to write about? Right. Um, and for me, it came out a lot of stream of consciousness, like just straight 
I, I didn't make a whole lot of sense and I had to spend a whole lot of time kind of piecemealing it together. But I think it'll help parents start thinking about that and writing things down and feeling the power of being able to kind of write your story. And that helps you process what's happening with you, both emotionally and for your child through treatment. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm hoping will happen. Um, or for people who are maybe not that into it, they would be able to use it for appointments. But mostly I'm thinking that there is, it's good to have room to kind of think through things and write something down that you don't have to show to anyone else if you don't want to, just to kind of get your thoughts in order. And uh, there are people who love that and love journaling. And then there are others who maybe wouldn't choose to do it that way. But I just think it's good to be open to trying and see what happens because you might find that a whole bunch of emotions spill out onto the page that you weren't expecting. But like you said, it gives you perspective mm-hmm. on what's going on in your mind mm-hmm. and kind of how to think through it. And... Yeah, I also think about it in like kind of like a baby book is how, how I imagine it for myself, but clubfoot related, you know, like being able to kind of track that experience with your child. And I think sometimes for parents, that can be a real trigger point with clubfoot parents because at such a young age, they're starting treatment. So their baby visually and developmentally is are different than what would be in a typical baby book, right? Like quote unquote. Like Right, that's, that's true too. There's definitely room for people to, you know, put pictures of their babies in there. And uh, I know personally, I never liked the baby books when I was a mom. It was like, not one more thing. I just can't deal with one more thing. But I did have friends who loved them and they would scrapbook and make these beautiful creations. And it was kind of like, okay, you do you, but um, too much pressure for me. Yeah. Well, it's like you're saying, some people, maybe the journal's not what they are typically used to, but what their creative aspect of it is, is whatever way that you can find to kind of let that outlet, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I also just envision it being a really great thing that you could share with your child as they, when they're older, like if you were, if it was something that you felt comfortable sharing, because I do think I think about it a lot with my own child about how this is like ingrained in my brain, not not just because I have a clubfoot kid, but I mean, I say clubfoot 5 million times a day because it's like centric to the work that I do, but, um, but it isn't for her. Like by the time that she's out of her boots and bar, she probably is going to have very limited memories of what this experience and treatment was like for her. And it would be interesting to be able to capture that in real time and then be able to share those experiences with your child later on as they get older, if you want to. Yeah, that's true. That's another option for uh, parents. It definitely should be that you use it in a way that fits you. Right. So there's room for different kinds of personalities and uh, different ways to use it. There's like no wrong way. Yeah, I love that. I love that idea about journaling in general. Like there's no wrong way to do it. And the guided part of it is just kind of 
um, little nudges and suggestions for what you think you could do, but that doesn't mean you have to do it that way. Just getting ideas in your Mm -hmm. brain. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So is there anything else you have planned for the future, like a big goal or project that you would love to see happen at some point down the line? Yes, I would love to do an anthology of parent voices from the Clubfoot community Mm. with an assortment of different, you know, essays or funny stories that people can write from their own experience and put that together in a book and put that out there for whoever would like to read it so that when parents are um, kind of just starting out, they can get that sort of cross-section of experiences from other people Mm-hmm. And uh, also a way to capture those parent voices, because I, I think it is important and you can learn from what comes up. And I mean, this would be specifically for Clubfoot families, but some of the things that come up in, in any kind of um, essay like that may have meaning to people who are not necessarily literally Clubfoot parents. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes it transcends that. Yeah. But it, so um so that's what I would love to be able to do next. And um, if we have news about that, I will let you know. Um, I would love to do some writing events where people would have a chance to show up online and have a couple options for what they'd like, like to write about, or they could come up with their own ideas and just kind of have writing sessions that you wouldn't have to share, mm-hmm. but you could see. And then if you've got a nugget of something that you like that you think is worth um, developing, then we could do follow up on that. Mm. Uh, because I would expect that for something like this, most people who would write something, this might be the first time they've tried to write something personal like this and mm-hmm. they're not professional writers. And mm-hmm. I'm always happy to be supportive of people kind of polishing something that they value and that they want to grow into something. Mm. Uh, so that was a project I would love to do to start on next year. I think that would be a great project. Oh, thank you. And it's something I've thought about too. It's just, I thought about that a lot while I was writing my book was like, this is just my experience. It's me. Like I'm writing from my, you know, my direct parenting, but I didn't, I always thought about other people, like hearing other voices, hearing other people's experiences and having them share their stories because there's so much power and value in the shared experience, but the individual way that we all are experiencing it. So I know I would have loved to have something like that as a clubfoot parent, especially a new, a new mom to be able to have something, but I'm a, I'm a, I'm a reader. So for me, like, (laughs) obviously like that's how I learn and that's how, um, I connect. And so for me, that would have been really powerful because it would be an extension of what you see on, I I don't feel like there's other things out there like that, right? You have kind of here, there blogs, and you have the social media posts where people will post about their stuff, but it's never more of an in-depth look at what someone is actually going through. And what their process was. So I think that that would be really cool. Okay. Well, let's, let's aim to, to make that happen. 
as far as the reading side of it, I mean, being a writer who has mostly written things for print, mm-hmm. it's um, it's my area. So if somebody else is listening and they want to do something that's video based, then that's awesome too. I'm just I'm not the person to to be able to do that. Right. Um, but I think that would be another thing. I mean, there's a lot of room in media for people to use different ways to um, yeah. tell stories and express themselves. And mm-hmm. so um, that would be another way the community could grow would be if there was a really cool film. Yeah. Know. If there was like in a video kind of anthology, but of different stories. Yeah. I don't know how to do any of that, but yeah, maybe I would watch it if I, it existed. I could watch it and say whether I liked it or not, but I, I can barely, I can't even edit this own podcast. Like my mom, <laughs> my brother has to do it for me. So my, my skills are not, um, are not there, but I do think I liked what you were saying about the writing workshops and having people come and know that you don't have to be a professional writer because I certainly wasn't. And I still have a really difficult time claiming that as um, a title of my own. Um, But just if you want to come and write about your, write your story, then it doesn't, you don't have to be a professional person to do that. And I hope that I'm an example to parents everywhere that just honestly putting pen to paper and seeing where it goes. Right. And I would say also that people write for all all kinds of reasons. Mm -hmm. And if you went to something like that, it wouldn't mean that you have to then have homework and try to make it into Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. serious that you would show it could just be that you're just putting your thoughts down on paper and Mm -hmm. then you're done and that's fine too yeah sometimes it's less pressure if you know you're doing it just because you feel like it not because it has to become something yeah more than that right yeah just space and that's where the book started for me was I was like I'm just gonna write this whether it happens whether anything happens with it or not it was something that I was just going to do because I felt pulled to do it. So whether anyone looked at it or became anything didn't, wasn't really the purpose of it. It was really something for myself. And now that it gets to help other people is just like far beyond what I ever thought was going to be possible. So (laughs) maybe that will be for other people too. I hope so. I always am encouraging people and other parents to follow what they, what works for them too. You know, whether it is that video, like doing whatever storytelling avenue that you use that medium, then do it, whatever you feel comfortable with. So what's been a, what's been the best part? about being in the clubfoot community and is there like a special moment that you like really stands out for you so the basis for this question is I usually ask parents like what is one like special thing that you think about on the journey but for you like is there was there a moment like someone you met with or what whatever that is that really just kind of stood out for you I wouldn't say there was one specific moment I think just in general, there were just so many 
um, kind of uplifting experiences, seeing how conscientious parents are and how they keep going and they help each other and the courage that they show when they're faced with this really difficult, um, long treatment. I mean, lifetime-wise, it's not long, but the first five years of a a kid's life, that's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of other things already. And then you've got the club foot stuff on top of that. And it's just so inspiring to see how people manage to figure it out and stay with it. And then you see their wonderful kids. And uh, so there's just a lot of positive, happy moments. And also some moments where I really felt for parents when they were going through rough times. And I was like, oh, I can't even imagine because I don't have that personal experience. But thank goodness they have other parents who have walked that same path and can, you know, give them some insight and some ways to kind of get through the rough parts and into the better parts when, um, when treatment is going along. And it's just, uh, it's so worth it though, because you can't not treat it. Right. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's really essential to, to go through treatment. So um, no one magic moment, but lots of really great moments along the way. Yeah. I like that. So where can people get in contact with you or support any of your new, of your new project? Okay. Well, you can get through to me on my website, Betsy Miller books, mm-hmm. or you can go to thinking Inc. press, which is my small publishing company that I um, co-own with several other people. And um, you can email me at Betsy at thinking Inc. press. Or you can just click my contact link at uh, Betsy Miller Books. Either way is fine. And uh, I look forward to hearing from any of you who feel like you want to reach out to me for various projects or just to say hi. Oh, and also, I would love to give away a book to somebody who is out there listening. So if you want to enter to win either a copy of The Parent's Guide to Clubfoot or Hip Hop Array from Brooklyn, then contact Maureen. Um, I don't know how you want to do that. You want to have people do it on Instagram or? Yeah, I think that'd probably be the easiest Um, is just comment on when I post, because when I usually do the podcast, I'll do a post about the podcast. And on that, if you will like and follow Clubfoot Chronicles and just comment below so that I know that you're interested in the book. Um, Then we'll do it that way. And then we can choose. Okay. They can pick whichever book they want. They can send it to themselves or a friend. It does have to be in the U.S. because of shipping. Okay. Um, If you are international and you want the Parents Guide to Clubfoot ebook, I can contact my publisher and arrange for that. Okay. I'm not sure about sending a physical book. Um, so I want to kind of set expectations there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, that's very generous of you. Thank you. Oh, I'm happy to do it. And I'm sure somebody will be very happy about it. Well, I appreciate you for taking the time to be here today. It was great talking with you, Betsy. And thanks for everything that you've done for the Clubfoot community. I'm super appreciative from like literally the bottom of my heart. Like I really appreciate it. So well, thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed our conversation. I did too. And 
as always, thanks everybody for listening. And if you found this episode helpful and enjoyed listening, please like, subscribe, or share with family and friends. And if you need to get in contact with me directly, you can do so through my website at maureenhoff.com or as we said before, my Instagram account at Clubfoot Chronicles Mom. And I look forward to next time.